Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, Steve Mills here. It's great to be back on my results po- podcast. It's... Uh, uh, really important, I believe, as we come out of COVID and we move our business forward in 2021, that we focus on results, specifically focus on improving results. And in this podcast, I'm going to share with you an interview that I recently did uh, with someone who's become a good friend of mine. His name is Chris Outlaw. Chris was introduced to me by another good friend, uh, Bob Harper, who said that he was one of the world's leading branding experts and uh, certainly uh, a a real knowledge in that particular area. So um, without further ado, I'm going to play the recording for you. I'll be back at the end uh, just with a few comments on it. But, you know, really uh, this... um, particular podcast a little bit longer than normal. It's going to be just about an hour, uh, but it really is well worth you listening to. So yeah, whatever you're doing, whether you're driving in the car, uh, make sure you focus on the road, by the way. Uh, but whether you're listening in the car or walking along, you've gone down the gym or perhaps you're just relaxing, uh, sit back, relax, draw your own conclusions Uh, But uh, if you're not driving in the car, then uh, have a pen handy uh, because there'll be lots of uh, uh, tips and ideas for you to write down and uh, I'm sure they'll be of great value to you. So without further ado, uh, let me um, switch on the recording and uh, leave you to watch and I'll be back uh, towards the end of the recording. By the way, if you do decide that you'd like to know more from me, Uh, Don't forget you can get in touch with uh, my website, uh, which is Steve Mills, uh, sorry, steve-mills.com. So uh, thanks very much for listening. With 2020 being the year it was and 2021 starting slow, most businesses are trying to adapt and move to focus on the digital marketing. In today's episode, I'm joined by Steve Mills, a business marketing consultant and expert and founder of the RPM Business System. And he explains how to focus your marketing to gain more leads. Welcome to the Unified Brand Podcast, brought to you by Elements Brand Management, a weekly brand building and brand strategy podcast to help you unlock your brand's potential, stand out from the competition and create impact. Today we're joined by Steve Mills, an author, professional speaker, founder of the RPM Business System and Business and Marketing Consultant, helping businesses to make millions, working with over 10,000 clients worldwide. Great to have you on the Unified Brand Podcast, Steve. It'd be great to learn more about yourself and what you do. Thanks, Chris. It's great to be here and uh, really appreciate you interviewing me today. So thank you for that. So yeah, I mean, I've been around for a while. I've spent 25 years now working with businesses, helping them to improve the effectiveness of their marketing. That's really what I specialize in. And for me, that's all about, well, really two things. One is lead generation, and the second is lead conversion. So it's sales and marketing that I do. And um, it's often looking at their procedures, their systems, their processes that sort of work, but not work to the level they could. One of my little cliche sayings is that it's not that you're doing the wrong marketing. It's more likely that you're doing the right marketing, but in the wrong way. You know, you're doing, you're on LinkedIn, which is the right thing to be, and yet you're not really winning business from it. You've got a website, which is the right thing to have, but often businesses don't win anywhere near their true potential that they could. Great. So you said marketing and sales there as the two sort of things that you focus on. How do you see the difference between those two and how do you cultivate both? 
Okay, I actually say it really simply. I think that marketing is lead generation and sales is lead conversion. Just as simple as that, you know, that's where sales takes over from marketing. Now, I appreciate in some instances, you know, if you're selling stuff online on a website, then, you know, you market to get people to your website and your website actually does the conversion. You know, people sticking credit cards into your website and there's no actual salesperson involved in that. But generally in businesses, in many businesses, it's about people. And, uh, you know, I often say that the more people you speak to, the more business you'll probably win. And uh, I think that's still true today in a modern digital marketing world as it's ever been. Definitely. Yeah, I totally agree with you. The more you can have that personalized touch or, or talk to those people, the more likely they are to build sort of trust in the brand and then potentially become customers from there. So I totally agree. So what do you love most about helping businesses to become more successful? Sure. I really do love to do just that. I really believe it is so tough to run a business. You know, I've been doing it for 25 years, quarter of a century. And, you know, in that time, we've had our ups and downs and sometimes in between. And uh, it's really tough. You know, they say that, you know, 80% of all businesses that start will go bust within five years. And that's an awful statistic. You know, 80%. And for those people, they've often, you know, their lives on hold. You know, they work a phenomenal amount of time. Uh, sometimes they, you know, remortgage their house to be able to start a business. You know, often it affects their marriage and relationships and even their health, you know, uh, the stress and difficulty of it. Sometimes, you know, put all their redundancy money into starting a house, only, sorry, starting a business, only to see it, you know, cease trading or fold completely or they go bankrupt within five years. And statistics will prove that there's two main reasons for that. One of them is poor financial management. And the second one is lack of sales. You know, if you could sell enough stuff, you know, as long as it's in a profitable manner, you're probably going to you know, at least keep your, keep the doors open. It's when people are not good at selling and marketing their products and services. That's when I think, generally speaking, businesses go bust. Yeah, definitely. That's a frightening statistic and something that, yeah, is always a worry for new businesses, I think, trying to get that those leads in through the door and convert them into sales. Absolutely. What things do you see that most businesses do, or a lot of businesses that you work with, holding them back from taking that next step to, to more leads, more sales? I think it comes down to expertise, to be honest. I think businesses suffer with what I call operational expertise. So, for example, if you were a hairdresser, a landscape gardener, a garage mechanic, literally any business, your expertise is operational expertise. You're an expert at cutting hair, doing gardening and landscape gardening or repairing cars, whatever it is. And that's often your passion. That's the thing you love. You know, spent 20 years repairing cars and now I've set up my own garage. I used to be a hairdresser. Now I've opened my own beauty salon and so on and so forth. And why have I done that? Because that's what I love doing. I'm passionate about it. I know I'm really good about it. And I've got a false belief that because I'm good at doing the work of the business, that I can run a business that does that work. And it just ain't true. It's just simply not true. Because if you're not good at managing the money and you can't sell the stuff, then you're going to struggle at best and finish up probably with a job that you work 12 hours a day doing and you don't ever really you know, get to grow or produce what I call a proper business. I always remember many years ago, a very good friend of mine who I knew through playing tennis said to me when I first started, he said, that's great that you're doing that, Steve. He said, "Uh, and do you know the best thing about starting your own business? I said, no, what's that? He said, you only have to work half a day. He said, not only that, but you get to pick which 12 hours those are. (laughs) Boy, is that true. Definitely. I think um, it's interesting that I think a lot of people get stuck in the business, like you said, and they forget how to build, like work on the business in order to help it scale and grow and build it out. Yeah. I mean, you take sales and marketing, for example. You know, if you don't know, just to bring your expertise in, if you don't know about branding and you've not got a good brand, or at least you know somebody who does know about branding, you know, what are you going to do? That's a real key part 
of marketing. You know, you've got a rubbish brand. You know, it's going to be tough. If you don't know how to network, if you don't understand, I hear people all the time saying, well, digital, I don't get this digital marketing. I don't understand how to use LinkedIn, Steve. Google AdWords, I've heard of it, but I don't even know what it is. That is costing people, businesses money, you know, all day long, every day. And if I suppose one of my top tips for people listening today is go and invest in yourself. You know, if you're going to invest right now, it's difficult to invest money in stuff that's going to work. Go and invest some money in yourself. That's where you'll get all the rewards I know. Yeah, sometimes you forget that there's other people that can help. Or like you said, you can invest in yourself in order to learn yeah. new skills, to develop what yeah. you're doing, to then build that business. I think it's all out there. If you look for it, it's all there to learn and sort of take on board. You know, this, it's never been easier in truth. I just bought this book the other day, Traffic Secrets. Yeah. You know, this guy, Russell, Russell Brunson, I'm not particularly trying to advertise him. I've not read it yet, so I don't know it's a great book. But what I do know is he's very successful, and he wrote a book, and I can buy that for whatever it costs, $25 I paid for that. And that's probably got his, like, 20 years of experience in it. All the mistakes is made, and, you know, hopefully some really good information that would help me move things forward. But now the guy's a multimillionaire, I do know that, and I would assume that he knows quite a bit about traffic, which is a real key to success in business. You know, the more people you know, the more people see your messages, whether it be that on social media or through your website or networking, whatever it is, then probably the more successful you're going to be. So you can invest in a book, in a course, or just invest some time on YouTube. You know, how easy is that to go and find something? You know, I was looking at your videos the other day on YouTube. Brilliant. Go and go and watch. Go and watch Chris's videos or my videos or anybody's videos to learn the skills that you need. Uh, and that's so important, I believe. Yeah, definitely. So you're talking there about sort of uh, skilling yourself. I know you've got some courses and some things that you do with regards to your site and stuff that you present. What are some of the things that you do from the course point of view and, and how do you help people to learn new skills and things? Okay, well, obviously right now we're doing more and more online, be it on Zoom or with online programs. It's interesting that industry has now grown to three billion a year the online training industry. You know, you can imagine over the last year how that has expanded because more and more people are doing training online now. So I suppose jumped on that bandwagon and we provide a variety of different training in things like LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube marketing, SEO, uh, and so on and so forth. So we've got a whole variety of things. One of the things that I think I'd say I specialize in is it's something that we actually do really well is LinkedIn. That's definitely one of our areas of expertise that I really believe is a fantastic opportunity for businesses and often it's underutilized. I remember, it must be over a year ago now, I suppose, I was up in Birmingham speaking at a big conference and I was just on after lunch. There was like a thousand people in the room. And uh, I got on stage, and I only had half an hour to talk. And I said, just before I start, I'd like to ask everybody a couple of questions. Hands up, who's on LinkedIn? And I got a thousand hands. And then I said, okay, hands up, who uses LinkedIn every day? They've got at least 500 contacts. They're posting every day. They're taking action. And they consider themselves to be really proactive on LinkedIn. I got about 15, maybe 70 hands up. I said, right, last question, hands up, who wins business on LinkedIn? And you know what? I got the almost to a man or a woman, the same 50 to 70 hands. And I said to them, Joe, that's the biggest thing I'm gonna teach you today. You know, if you do it, it works. And if you don't, it doesn't. It's almost as simple as that. Yeah, and yet I get people telling me that, well, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn and we post on there twice a month, you know, come what may. And, uh, you know, I said, that's just not enough. That's like going down to the gym twice a month, whether you need to or not, you know. 
you know, probably if you want to build that marketing muscle, you've got to get down there, you know, pretty much on a daily basis in order to have a, a big impact on your business. So I didn't think, you know, that sometimes it's not even the marketing that they're doing is not working. It's just simply they're not doing any marketing. They're just not doing enough, you know, not putting enough time and effort into the job. Yeah. Yeah, I think there was a guy that I followed on LinkedIn maybe six months ago I, I spoke to him. He was just at the start of his LinkedIn content journey and okay. he's been posting every single day and now all of his posts get amazing engagement, he gets a yeah. lot of comments. Yeah. It's unbelievable the, yeah, the yeah. increase in, in what he's yeah, done yeah, at that time. Yeah, I was talking to a guy, a similar thing, he was telling me his last post, he got 91,000 views. Wow. <laughs> that is just off the charts. I don't get anywhere near that. I was very upset. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> if I get, you know, three, four hundred views, I'm over the moon. And um, yeah, you got 91,000. So it shows, you know, getting the marketing message right. And all of a sudden it just, you know, gets prolificated all over LinkedIn and everybody shares it with everybody. I mean, you've only got like a thousand people he's connected with. Wow. So something had happened to get that sort of number of people look, looking at it. Everybody must have been sharing it with everybody else. Yeah, definitely. That'd be interesting, yeah, to see what that kind of content was. So from your point of view on LinkedIn, are there any things that you recommend people doing or some tips or things that they can do straight away to add value to their LinkedIn? Yeah, sure. The number one thing I'd say is to make sure that you look good on LinkedIn. That would be like step one. You know, if you've got a rubbish profile, with no picture or a rubbish picture. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Words aren't very good. You know, I often say to people, you know, if you wouldn't have it on your website, then what's it doing on LinkedIn, you know? So the first step is to make sure that you look good because you don't want people to see you looking bad, you know? And the next step, you've got to get people start seeing you. And that's about growing that database, you know, going and finding more people on LinkedIn of the right calibre, the right type of people and going and connecting to them. Once you've done that, step three is what I call know me, like me, trust me. And that's about exactly that, getting people to know, like and trust me so that come the day that they need marketing help, marketing advice or marketing training, rather than going to Google and type in marketing training in, they're going to go to the guy on LinkedIn has been providing them with some good content, interesting stuff to help them with their business, and they're now going to pick up the phone and call that person, and um, hopefully give me loads of money, and uh, I'm going to really help them for doing so. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so that's really important. So that's step three, and then there's sort of other steps around things like getting traffic to your website. LinkedIn's great for that. So. Things like posting on LinkedIn. I tend to do it in a way that I'll say, you know, just put together three tips on how to do X, Y, or Z. If you want to see them, go to my website. So I'm constantly driving traffic for free from LinkedIn to my website. That's a great thing to do. And we get over a thousand people to our website every month, purely from LinkedIn for zero cost. We put quite a bit of time effort into doing that it's a great way of doing it and often that's the look at a video i like you pretty prolific in terms of the number of videos that i've got 
both on my website uh, you know on YouTube so uh, I think I've got something like 450 videos on YouTube so uh, they're not as good as yours though I mean I suppose they wouldn't be would they because you've got the brand right you're a brand guy so your videos look great I was really impressed with them hopefully I've got good content if not perfectly designed videos yeah definitely no thank you for that and um, that's amazing so a thousand a month from LinkedIn and the thing about that with LinkedIn is it's all going to be highly qualified prospects. That's the thing. Yeah. They're going to be people yeah. that you've connected with because there could be some synergy. And also they're clicking those links because what you're saying is resonates with them. Sometimes with Google ads, you know, if they're not done right, or if you do an ad campaign on Facebook, you can generate traffic that is, especially Google ads, if you get the wrong keyword set up, you can drive traffic for that keyword that is not who you're trying to reach, can't you? So actually from LinkedIn, that's amazing. It's fantastic. I mean, that sort of brings me on to really the, another great tip on LinkedIn, and that is using the LinkedIn advertising. Whereas on Google, anybody can type in marketing advice because they're a, a 15 year old student at school and they're doing a project on marketing you know they're not really my target market but they've just cost me two pounds fifty for a click because they've done some research on google whereas on linkedin you say to linkedin right i want to target people who are hr directors in the pharmaceutical industry who work for businesses employing at least 500 people who are in the UK and so on. So you're saying, just show this advert to these people. And that's again, so many people don't know LinkedIn advertising or how it works. And if they did, they could win a load of business on that. And by the way, Facebook is even better because you can be much more targeted particularly in the B2C market. Yeah, definitely. I was going to ask you, so what do you see some of the misconceptions with sales and marketing? What are some of the things that you see often around those? Okay, yeah, really good question. I'd say the biggest misconception is the cost. It often is a cost because it doesn't work. It's only a cost if it doesn't work. If it works, it's just an investment. You know, if I could show you how to a pound into Facebook and get £10 out of it, how often would you like to do that? Yeah. What would your budget be? For me, it'd be, you know, a million pound a day, I think. Yeah. If I've got a million, 10 million pound back, I, I just keep investing. The problem is that people don't measure what's working. So they're spending money without knowing really whether it's working or not. And if it is working, they have a budget. This is how, I was interested, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and uh, I said, so uh, how are you doing on Facebook? Are you doing well on that now? He said, oh yeah, it's going brilliant. I said, well, what are you doing? He said, well, we're spending two grand a month at the moment on Facebook advertising. I said, oh wow, that, you stepped that up a lot. He said, yeah, yeah, over the months. He said, we've increased it gradually. I said, so what's that producing? He said, well, between 10 and 18,000 pounds worth of sales. I said, that's brilliant. He said, uh, said, yeah, he said, what do you think I should do? I said, well, if I was you, I'd spend four grand. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it's, it's bloody obvious, isn't it? But, yeah. you know, just spend more money. And then when you've done that, spend eight grand. You know, as long as those numbers remain the same, which is, as I say, one of the biggest mistakes that I see is businesses spending sometimes a fortune on marketing without measuring it. And that is, I'd say, my number one mistake that people make is not measuring their marketing. What's a good way to measure? Like, do, you, do you have like a set way that you measure those sort of things or is it through a spreadsheet system or something like that? Or? Yeah, I mean, it, it can be as easy as a piece of paper. But yeah, I mean, we use a spreadsheet, but so we're measuring numbers. We measure our big picture numbers, obviously, you know, how much we turn over and how much profit we create. And then the layer underneath that is things like the number of leads that we get where those leads come from uh, the next level and then down from that is you know the location of those leads how many leads do i get from linkedin how many from my website how many from email how many from my podcast and so on and so forth so it goes on you can start thinking about right how many people come to my website what pages are we looking at how many linkedin contacts have i got 
and so it goes on. But for anybody looking or listening today who's not measuring, just start with the big picture stuff. Obviously, things like your profit and your turnover, and then the number of leads you're getting, number of leads that you turn into meetings is a good one. Number of meetings into proposals, if that's part of your sales system, and then the conversion rate of that. And there's things like your average unit of sale. How much do you sell on average? What about your repeat business? How often people come back to buy from you again and again and again? Because I'm sure you're aware of this for everybody listening. The, the ultimate, there's three ways of growing a business. One is to get more customers. Two is to get your current customers to come back more often. Three is to get them to buy more each time they visit. So for a supermarket metaphor, I want to get more people in the door of my supermarket. I want to get them to fill them basket uh, with more products or buy more expensive products and I want to get them to come back more often and only buy from me and that's the same in every business or so I thought until I did a seminar probably about four or five years ago now was actually up in Carlisle, of all places, and this guy said to me, he put his hand up, he said, it doesn't apply to me. So I thought, yeah, I'm a marketer, I'm going to show him why it applies to everybody. I said, well, what do you do? He said, I'm a funeral director. He said, the thought of getting people to come back more often, he said, is a bit scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I said, no, the guy in the box is not the customer, it's the other people. He said, yeah. oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I get that. Yeah, but, but that was quite funny. <laughs> so um, in terms of what the most important aspects to focus on when it comes to a business's marketing, sales, what are the most important things people can look at? I'd say the most important things are, to start with, let's just look at what you're doing right now. So let's say you're doing four or five different things. My advice would be to go and take one of them and work out how you can do that better and get a better ROI, return on investment. So this just one area that I think is often underutilized, and that is your website. You know, most businesses have got a website, and most people tell me that, well, it's just a brochure site. That, that's a, a cop-out in my world saying I can't win any business from it or I don't win any business from it. So if you looked at your website and said, right, okay, we've spent X amount of thousands of pounds on this website. We're not really winning any or much business from it. How could we do that better? The key for that, for me, is how can we get more people to visit the website? And then how can we improve the website CRO? conversion rate optimization. A lot of people spend a lot of money on Google and Facebook and LinkedIn and so on and so forth in advertising, driving traffic to a website that doesn't convert and here lies the problem. So as I said a few minutes ago, it's often not that you're doing the wrong marketing, it's the right marketing in the wrong way. And going and having a look and focusing on one thing, getting that right, and then going and have a look at something else, have a look at your LinkedIn or your email or your advertising or whatever it is you're doing. Maybe you're doing networking. You know, you go to a network, you go to Chamber of Commerce, and you've been going there for a year, but you haven't really won much business. You know, something's gone wrong. It's not that going to networking events doesn't work anymore, probably. It's something's going wrong. You're either not preparing, you're not doing well when you're there, you're not saying the right things. When you stand up and say, hi, my name's Steve Mills and this is what I do, that's not working as well. You're not following up. There's some element of it that is not working. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. I think it's interesting because there's been uh, campaigns or things that I've done in the past where you've had really good results and some things that haven't had good results. Yes. You kind of start to see some things that work with your particular brand and your audience and you start to see what things work in that environment. And I think it's important to take note of those because sometimes you don't, like you said, sometimes you just get the wins, but you don't make a note of what it was that won or what drove yes. the people there. It is. It's absolutely essential. Having a good website with a good brand around it, it's so incredibly important. And if you've not got that, then you won't get the results that you would really want to achieve. So I think that's absolutely essential. Definitely. So in terms of some of the things you face 
building your business, building your career and the challenges you face. What are some things that you've come across that have yeah, been challenges in that development, some of the things you face? Wow, how long have we got? <laughs> we about 20 hours for this particular podcast. Okay, what are the challenges I've faced? I think I've probably made over the 25 years. Most of the mistakes that you could possibly make in marketing and found things that work really well. Try and add value to that. I'd say one of the big mistakes that I often see is poor headlines. Poor headlines in marketing. You know, there's an old saying in advertising that the headline is the advert for the advert. The effectiveness of your marketing often is in your headlines. And yet I see on web pages, you have a page called Our Services or About Us. Can't you really think of anything more interesting than having our services? Even if you had design services or accountancy services or marketing services, at least that tells them what this website's about. Our services means nothing. And by the way, it means nothing to Google either. And yeah. so where does Google put a page called our services? It has no clue. So the number one clue for Google is what the page is called. So if you call your page marketing services instead of our services, then it's more likely you're going to get registered on Google under marketing services. Being registered under our services that rings no truth at all. I do have a pretty good uh, story about a client that I had many years ago. They were advertising on the back of a magazine, a local authority magazine, and that magazine, they were spending £2,000 per month to advertise on the back of this glossy, and they sold a massive piece of equipment that recycled products like waste and stuff like that, you know, so the tins segmented out to here and the paper over here and plastic wherever that went and they sold this piece of equipment. Now, the equipment was two million quid. If you looked at the advert, it had the company name across the back. I'll not say who it is, because it'd be a bit embarrassing for them, but it had the company name. I said, are you really well known in the industry? They said, no, 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 nobody knows of us. I said, well, let's just do some testing to see if we can get some leads. And by the way, they've been advertising for six months. They spent £2,000 a month, so they spent twelve grand, zero leads, absolutely no leads. So I changed the advert. I said, what does your equipment do? They said, well, it saves local authorities about 25% of their recycling costs, so which can be five to 10, 15 million pounds a year and the equipment will last five to ten years. I said, right, okay, well, let's try that then. So I came up with this headline that said, local authorities save 25% on recycling. Then there was some bullets and then there was a call to action. Really long story short, inside the next month, they got five leads, they converted two of them and sold four million pounds worth of their equipment. Wow. And it took me about 10 minutes to suss that out. I should have been on commission. But my point is not to impress there, it's just to impress upon listeners that maybe there's a similar story for you. Not saying you're going to make four million pounds, but you might drastically increase your conversion rate by saying something different, either in the written word or even spoken. Definitely. I think it's quite interesting there as well, because obviously we've had some discussions about my site and things like that and there's a bit of a, a snow blindness almost as well sometimes when you're inside I always think when you're inside the bottle it's hard to read the label sometimes and you kind of get into this rhythm of like uh, you think it's doing something or you the curse of jargon and the curse of knowledge where you know something that the audience doesn't know or doesn't understand with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And you put it in those terms. Yeah. And, uh, just with that example you gave there, that's a really interesting one where, you know, they think putting the name of the business front and center is yeah. the right thing to do. But just by changing it up and just talking directly to that audience, the difference it made. I think I changed 10 words and it continued. You know, I think that was, the, strangely enough, their best month, £4 million pounds worth of sales. But over the next six months or a year, they had many other additional million pound or £2 million pound sales. So uh, it worked wonderfully well. And, um, you know, it's almost like you just have to be aware. You have to constantly be looking to improve. And I think I got that. I'm not sure I told you, Chris, but like years ago when I was a, a young man, when dinosaurs ruled the earth, I was a professional table tennis player. I played ping pong for a living. And uh, I played literally from being about 13 left school with very little in terms of qualifications because I was too busy playing truant and uh, going off playing table tennis. And then I played for around about 12 years as a full-time professional player. I was ranked, you know, pretty high in England and beat some of the best players in the world. But one of the things that gets you is this almost insatiable attitude to how can I do better? How can I improve that? How can I look at each element of my game, my forearm, my backhand, my footwork, my serve, my receiver serve, my attack, my defense? You know, how can I work, my, you know, even like my diet, my flexibility, my stamina, you know, my speed, my reaction, all those things, they're all like KPIs in the table tennis world, key performance indicators. The difference between winning and losing was often really, really small, winning 21-19 or losing 21-19, you know, it's a very, very small amount. And I think what I did is that I took that into business, that attitude. I mean, how can I just get more? How can I improve? If I write that email and I'm going to send it out tonight, how can I improve that? Could I improve those words? Could I add something? Could I change those bullets? Can I get that web page? What can I do with this web page to improve it? How can I make it look better? Could I add a video? Could I add pictures? Could I change the headline? Could I improve the text? Has it got a good call to action? Has it got some testimonials on the page? You know, all those things, they're, for me, KPIs that could, key performance indicators that could improve the lead generation of that particular page that people visit. I love that, that you took that constant desire and drive to improve your performance from table tennis and took it into the business world with marketing and things like that. And one of the things that I really enjoy about doing these podcasts is when you hear people's stories, a lot of the times they have taken experiences that they've had from life and that sort of changes and causes how they are in business. And it's yeah. really interesting because that's the individuality that makes you unique as a person is those experiences. And it's really good to hear those from other people. I love doing it on the podcast because you get a real sense of who they are and what drives them and that kind of individuality that builds up their personal brand and the brand as a whole. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. You know, that's what I I think I bring to clients. You know, I, I often give my clients quite a hard time, to be honest. I've had clients say, oh, you know, I was up at two o'clock in the morning yesterday because I knew I hadn't done what you said we were going to do and I hadn't done it and I was up until two doing it last night because I knew I'd had a meeting with you and I knew you'd give me a hard time. I mean, I don't do it in a nasty way, but I just say, look, you know, you're going to be successful. you got to take action. You know, it's as simple as that. You know, so many businesses don't do enough marketing. They don't put enough time into it. They don't put enough money into it. And then they wonder why they've not got any sales. I was talking to a lady today who said she's just signed a contract with a big bank. And she said, look, you know, right now, Steve, we're really busy. We're going to be busy for the next three months serving this contract. And when this contract finishes, we'll go back to doing some marketing. So I said, well, you know, when this contract finishes, you're not going to have any business, are you? She said, no, but that's the only time we can do it. Now, I do understand that, you know, it's really important to get the contract done. But at the same time, it's feast and famine, isn't it? You know, I'm sure you've had that with clients that you've had where they've, you know, they do some work, they do some marketing and then they get busy. They stop doing the marketing and then they get quiet and then they start doing the marketing again, you know, and it's just feast and famine. And it's, for me, it's never a good idea, I don't think. And if you think about that idea of seven to eight touch points to 
remember something or that's being printed upon you if you have all that sort of collateral built up over that time in that marketing that you're doing and then you yeah. stop it you're almost cutting that that cord and then when you start up again you're going to have to do that build that momentum again so it's going to have yeah, to build that compound it's effect it's all about relationships isn't it if i was a single man right now and i met a young lady and decided to take her out ask her out for a meal uh, or for a, you know, for a drink, you know, obviously in normal times, not in the open times. But if I did that, and we went out for a meal, and at the end of the meal, I said to her, look, you know, I just want to say I've had a great evening, really enjoyed your company, I'd love to meet you again, would that be okay? And she said, yeah, I'd love to see you again, Steve, that'd be brilliant. And I said, well, I'll tell you what I'll do, I'll drop you an email in three months' time, how about that? That'd be ludicrous, wouldn't it? There's no way I'd be able to maintain that relationship. You're what? You're going to send me an email in three months. I was hoping to be going out tomorrow. And yet that's what we do in business all the time. We don't keep in touch anywhere near enough. You're going to build a relationship with your clients. You know, I have people, you know, when I say, how often do you keep in touch with your current and your past clients? They go, well, whenever we can. What's that mean? Does that mean on a weekly basis? Is that monthly? Is that just as and when you can? Because we all get busy and we all need that in place. I think that structure of communication to keep in touch with people on a regular basis. I think it's so important. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a really important factor. And, uh, you know, if you're thinking about your communication strategy, then think about what you need to do in terms of communicating with all your, you know, what about your suppliers? You know, how often do you keep in touch with them, your prospects, your LinkedIn contacts, the people you network with, you know, setting up a really good database on your system is absolutely paramount, I think. You know, getting that brand sort. What was the term you used with me the other day? You said it was brand where you've got one brand here and another brand there. What was it, Chris? Can you remember? Uh, brand architecture. No, no. I said to you, with my brand, I think I've got a pretty good brand, but it's not consistent. You know, it's like, you know, I've got those blue business cards that were looking different to my website. What was that term you used? I really liked it. Do you remember that? Uh, unified brand. That's it, unified brand. You know, have you got a unified brand? Because if you haven't, you know, again, that's costing you money. You've got to think about all these things. And people that might be thinking, well, I don't, I don't know about branding. That's not my expertise. You know, do you know what? It's not my expertise either. That's why I came to Chris, because that's his expertise. We need to sometimes, I think we need to have enough information about something in order to know what good looks like when we're buying something. So if you're going to maybe an SEO company to do your search engine optimization, then if you don't know anything about SEO, there's a chance you might get ripped off. You know, you might get hire somebody who's not quite as good as they, they're not actually trying to rip you off. They just don't know as much as another company. So you need to, even if you're never going to do the SEO of your website, you need to know enough to know what good looks like so that you can hire the right people to help. You know, how many people are there in the UK who can help with branding? There's probably thousands of them, the same as there is marketing advisors. But hiring the right one, i.e. Chris, is really, really important that you don't go and make a mistake and hire somebody who's nowhere near as good as somebody else. Brilliant. Thank you again for the kind words. Yeah, I think one of the things that you're saying there about communication, and I think I suffered with this in the beginning, was worrying that I was communicating too much. Yeah. And therefore, you sort of almost hold yourself back from communicating things because oh, you think yeah. you're going to annoy the people that are following you, but you don't. People have come back to me and sort of thanked me for some of the content I've shared, and I thought I was yeah. sending out too much, you know, so that's a worry for people sometimes. People get paranoid about it. They really do. They you know, oh, I don't, don't want to... You know, don't want to be sending out too much stuff, you know, and and you know, I get that all the time, people telling me that. And the truth of the matter is, yeah, okay, you might upset the odd person, let's face it. I've done that, certainly with, I mean, I email people three, four, five times a week. And do you know what? I very rarely get anybody unsubscribed from my list. I do get a few people, but my list is growing now. I'm getting more people in 
new people that I'm losing on the back end. But all the ones who've gone, who've wanted to leave, have left. And they're probably not going to buy from me anyway. But a, a classic example of what you just said, Chris, is people on LinkedIn. People say, well, you know, if you're posting once or twice or three times a day, don't people get totally inundated with it? And the answer is definitely not. And the reason for that is that if you imagine, let's say I post something right now on LinkedIn, this very second, I've got 8,000,000 people, that 8,800 contacts on LinkedIn. How many of them do you think are going to see that post? How many of them would you think? Probably 500,000, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, I think it'd be more like three, four, five hundred, maybe, if I was really lucky. Because most of the people are not on LinkedIn right now. And you know what it's like, how it works? You know, you post something, it's up here, and then somebody else posts and they move down, and then somebody else posts and they move down, and so on and so forth. And eventually, you know, inside 20 minutes, that post has disappeared into the ether. It's no longer really, you know, top of their list. And so, you know, posting on a regular basis or blogging on a regular basis or you doing videos or, you know, email marketing, you know, I think are really, really powerful. I'm a big believer in that. And these days you can automate some of this, you know, where you can go and use something like remarketing on Google, which is a, a great tool that's really underutilized by so many businesses. So what does that, I've not heard of that one before. What does okay. the remarketing one do? Okay, so you've probably been a victim of it, even if you've not heard of it. So remarketing is the process of advertising to people who've already been to your website. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I didn't. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure you knew that that technology was around. But for those who don't, the key player in the market is Google. So you can say to Google, right, if somebody comes to my website, you can assume that they're interested in my help at some level. Again, they could be competitors checking me out, my current clients and so on and so forth. But they come to my website and then you say to Google, so when somebody's come to my website, I want to show them adverts on the Google Partner Network. Now, that means about two and a half million different websites that are Google Partners. Google will start showing them advertising. And it's brilliant from a point of view of it actually works really badly. And Google tell everybody that it gets a 0.1% conversion rate. So not that many people will click. But if I get a thousand people to my website in a day, then I'll tell Google to show that advert to those people eight times over the next eight weeks. So I'm getting 8,000 views. I'm getting a 0.1% conversion rate. For just a few pounds, I'm showing my advertising to 8,000 of my really hot prospects, or at least lukewarm leads. And I can do that for literally pennies, really. And that's a great opportunity. And yet most businesses are not really doing that. It's really interesting being me. I get people say to me, oh, wow, Steve, you must be so successful. You're advertising everywhere. I saw you the other day. You were advertising on the Times newspaper. How much does that cost? Yeah. And then I, 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 this guy said to me, I'm in Birmingham. You're even advertising on my local golf club. How are you doing that? I'm not doing remarketing and marketing to him because he's been to my website. So it's technology, isn't it? It's a bit spooky, but as a marketer, I love it. Yeah, definitely. Now, when you said remarketing, first of all, I thought some reason I had in my head that you were talking about something that would take a piece of content and split it into different channels. That's what I was having in my head. Yeah, I wasn't yeah, thinking about yeah, the remarketing yeah, platform. Yeah, but yeah, yeah that's... Yeah. Yeah, that remarketing is really good. And especially from uh, the marketing side of things and going back to that seven or eight touch points to build that trust, that's invaluable yeah. in that, isn't it? It is. It absolutely is. You know, it's, it's so valuable, isn't it? You know, the old saying, it takes eight contacts to make a sale comes to mind, you know, and um, you know, that's another way of keeping your name in front of people who've been to your website. You don't want to be, you know, stalking them all over the internet for the rest of their lives. So you just set it to target them for a couple of months, say, or, or for six weeks or whatever you feel comfortable with. Yeah, and that's great for um, building that brand because obviously they're getting associated with 
who you are, what you do, what you stand for, and it's just developing that as they're going about their daily business, kind of thing in different yeah, places. Absolutely, yeah, 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 really powerful. So, what are some of the um, some tips you can give to the listeners to sort of take away right now? They can sort of at the after this podcast can go away and look at sort okay. of right from the beginning. So, my number one tip: start measuring. I know I've said that already, but it's so incredibly important. I give five tips, five tips. Okay, so my number one tip is start measuring what you're doing. My second tip, again, I know I've I've spoke about this, but go and improve the performance of your current marketing. So number three would be go and have a look at some of the technology here. Stop saying I'm not a techie. I don't understand it. Go and find somebody who can do it for you or learn how to do it for yourself. And I often suggest the second one, unless it's something that, you know, do you know what? I really can't do this Google AdWords and I don't have time to teach myself, but definitely go and do that. Another one I think that I've not mentioned is the utilization of referral. If you ask me, even in this modern digital world, what's the best form of marketing on the planet, Steve? I still say referral, and yet what people do is their referral marketing system or their word of mouth marketing system is to do a good job and hope that people recommend them. But I'd submit to anybody listening that if you've got 100 clients, out of those 100 clients, you've probably got maybe 10 or 15 of them that recommend you on a fairly regular basis. On the other end, you've probably got like maybe one or two that wouldn't, you know, nobody's perfect and maybe something didn't quite go as well as you would like. So the remaining, whatever that is, 83% of people are people who would recommend you, they just haven't. So you've got to start and think about what are you going to do to keep in touch with those people to maybe even physically ask them for a referral, you know, phone them up. Oh, hi, Steve Mills here. We've been working with you now for, must be what, six months? Just calling to make sure that you're totally happy with everything that we've done. They go, oh, yeah, yeah, really happy, Steve. Oh, fantastic. I was wondering, we get a lot of our business from word of mouth from satisfied clients like yourself. And I was just wondering whether you could perhaps help me by giving the names of perhaps two or three people who you think we can help in the same way that we've helped you. Would that be possible? There's a, a nice little simple referral, I hate the word script, but it is a script really, a system, a process of winning business from referral. And uh, that I think is golden. I remember a little while ago I helped a printing company turn the business around with that. On the first day, they won £10,000 worth of referral business. First day when I said to him, right, you've got to call 10 of your clients every day over the next month and ask them for a referral. Day one, he made 10 grand. And that almost saved his business because he was just about to go out of business. He said, well, I haven't got any marketing, any money to spend on marketing, Steve, but I need to get some sales in what you advised, and that's what I advised. It's amazing. I think that's something that is really underutilized. And that's actually given me some really good ideas. And in, in, I need to do that. It's something I've, I've not done enough of. Yeah. And it's, you just don't even think of it. I think sometimes people forget once you get somebody into your, as part of being a client, you forget to then, yeah, you forget to keep in touch and, and that sort of thing. And when it should be really priority, it should be something that's key. It's a, the great thing about referral as well, it's not so much the number of referrals, but quality is key. The quality and conversion rate of my leads that I get from referral is much higher than any leads that I get from probably say any other part of my marketing, certainly from something like Google, you know, when I get a lead from Google, that might be a really good lead, or it could sometimes be a not so good lead. The leads I get from referrals pretty much are good and they convert really high. There's already a level of trust and they're really powerful, particularly if you can get the client to speak to them before you do. You know, you say something like, uh, so is it okay to use your name when I speak to them? And they say, yeah, sure. Actually, do you know what? I'm talking to him tomorrow. I'll tell him that you're going to have a call. That's, that's just brilliant. Yeah, definitely. That weight of uh, trust that comes behind someone referring you is going to be so much more, does a lot more than anything else could do because it, you're yeah. coming recommended. Yes, and that needs to be, you know, for every business, referral needs to be a key part of their marketing strategy. 
just, you know, if you just do a good job and hope people recommend, then a small percentage will. But the vast majority that would just won't. Because they're not waking up every morning and thinking, oh, I wonder who I can recommend Chris to. They're not thinking that. They're busy getting on with their work and they're doing stuff. But they would recommend you quite happily. But they just haven't done or haven't done as often as they could do. Yeah. So in terms of marketing, what brands or what businesses or individuals do you see that have done really well with that over the past year or so? Are there any sort of standouts that you can think of? It can be clients you've you've worked with or helped. Obviously, no names have to be shared or anything. Or is it some sort of big companies that you've seen that have done it really well? I think anybody selling hand sanitizer or face masks <laughs> have done pretty well. Yeah. But don't you just wish you'd bought shares in Zoom? <laughs> oh, definitely. You know? Yeah. <laughs> no, they're, they're up like 800% apparently, the shares of Zoom, you know. Uh, I mean, I've even got my, you know, 87-year-old dad is doing Zoom calls, you know, it's, it's just bizarre, you know. Yeah, so, you know, whilst, you know, it's all been a really tough year for many, many businesses, some of which have been closed down, as we know, even if only hopefully temporary. Others had a fantastic time, dependent on the industry, you know, pharmaceutical industry, you know. I'm sure there's quite a few pharma companies have done fantastically well right now. I know the banking industry actually has done well. I think the people who will do well, and this is a really important point here for all the listeners, the people who are going to do well in the coming months are going to be the people who actually start pushing things forward, doing their marketing now. Now is a really, really important time. I think a couple of things are going to happen going forward. Sooner or later, we're going to come out of this terrible situation we're in, you know. Yeah, how long is it going to last? I don't know. Three months, six months, maybe nine months. I don't know. I hope not. But at some point, we're going to come out of it. I don't think we're ever going to go back into it. You know, we've got the, you know, the injections, the antibodies and everything, you know, hopefully that will continue to work. There won't be some new strain that it doesn't work. But, you know, you assume that sooner or later we're going to get ourselves back to normal. Let's use in six months' time, we're going to be pretty much, give or take a bit, back to normal. What's going to happen then? What's going to happen then is there's going to be a huge surge in marketing. Because all these companies are going to come back and go, oh, no, we've not got enough business. We've got to get some more business. We need to really move forward. Now, if you want to be one of many doing loads and loads of marketing, that's up to you. But if you want to start before your competitors do and get yourself you know, back in the face of your prospects, even if you're a restaurant that's closed down right now, I'd still recommend you need to get yourself out there on Facebook. Talk about what you're doing to reopen. Talk about your plans. And we're going to reopen on the 1st of May. That's our target date. And we're doing this and that. I'm not suggesting right now that you tell people you're going to open in May. But just tell people what's exciting. You've got some new, you're making new plans. You've got a new menu that you're going to be serving whenever it is you do a reopen. You're going to come up with some special deals for people who are past clients to build. you with me on this. You know, it's just stuff that you need to be doing and getting out there right now. So I think that's a really, really important message that I've got. I've got to say, when all this hit, I literally doubled my marketing. I did twice as much, not half as much, because history shows that the businesses who keep going, the businesses that push forward are the ones that when things get back to normal, are the most successful, always. It's funny you say that because I did a spot of traveling and um, okay. I was in Australia and I was working in an agency and as I was working, this was back at the beginning of when I started doing design and things like that, and they had me on the front doing sales, and they had a script. On the script, it had a fact about, and this was during the last recession, so okay. 2007, 2008. We were in Australia at the time, and it just hit Australia, and they were doing marketing. They were doing, I was calling up businesses, and one of the stats was that in the previous recession, the ones that survived, the businesses that survived were the ones that marketed the most in that environment and that was one of the things that they were leading with as their message to businesses was you know you need to continue to do stuff yeah. need to get out there in front of people and so sorry to cut you off but that just sprung no, to my mind then okay. that's okay yeah a really good example you know it's not just you know marketing speak oh yes yeah, steve would say that 
It's absolutely true. It's facts. It's an absolute fact that businesses who did the best coming out of 2007, 2008 were the ones that kept going. And before that, and before that, and before that. And it's just the way it is. Definitely. So is there any sort of trends that you see in the marketing space at the moment that are going to continue over the next six months or the next year? I think once we get back to normal, there's things that people don't know about yet. Some really exciting stuff that Google have been doing. They really got their timing badly when they, um, one of the things they introduced, I think was round about last January, they introduced something called geofencing. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, so that was all set to be the flavor of the month, the best, you know, latest thing from Google. And then obviously, you know, COVID hit and uh, probably 95% plus of the people listening don't know what I'm talking about here, but geofencing is a great opportunity for people. Happy to tell people what it is, but you know, by all means, just go on YouTube it and I'm sure you'll, you'll be able to find out. You know, some of the technology around that, I think, is really, you know, where we need to think about. I'm thinking longer term ahead. I spend a lot of time listening to the world's leading marketing people. And uh, I was listening the other day to someone who was talking about what's happening or going to be happening in the TV world. Uh, you know how on uh, Amazon, you know, you and I go on to Amazon, we have a look at something. And then all of a sudden we start seeing messages for that and... Amazon send us a message saying that you just looked at this new car. Here's a load of other cars that you might also like. You know how that's happening? Yeah. That's actually going to be coming to TV world. Facebook are masters at it as well, aren't they? You know, you go and click on something and they know you've done that and they start presenting, you know, appropriate advertising. In TV world, if you and I live next door to each other, we could be sat watching ITV, any of the channels that advertise, and uh, you like squash and I like tennis. And when the adverts come on, I'm being advertised tennis holiday in La Manga because I'm interested in tennis. And you're sat next door watching the same channel and you're offered uh, oh, this unique squash racket or squash coaching your local club. And so the technology is going to be around so that TV companies can advertise to specific markets rather than, you know, you and I sit, sit watching a Pampers advert when we don't even have babies uh, watching adverts for nappies. The advertising companies like wasted... There we go. Uh, thank you ever so much. Sorry for the slightly abrupt ending there. I'm not quite sure what happened, to be honest. But uh, anyway, um, it was great to uh, listen to that, actually. It was uh, interesting, um, you know, being part of the process and... Uh, uh, and then sitting there listening to it, you probably heard me sneeze partway through it. So apologies for that. Uh, it's one of those moments where I just couldn't help it. And uh, sometimes these uh, videos uh, end up not quite what they should be. Not quite the professionalism that you would hope for. But uh, do you know what? It, it just really demonstrates my theory about things. And that is, you know, get it out there as long as it's good enough. You know, the fact that I sneezed halfway through it. You know, if that put you off and made you think that Steve's a rubbish marketer, then, you know, it's probably not not a good idea for us to work together anyway. Because, you know, you, you're potentially the type of person who, uh, you know, wants everything to be perfect before it goes out. I'm the person, type of person that, for me, as long as the content is good, and I'm not just churning out a load of rubbish that's not of interest or of value to people, then the fact that I sneeze part way through it is is less than irrelevant, in my opinion. Uh, but anyway, uh, thank you ever so much for listening. Thanks for sticking with me. Uh, appreciate it. If you've got to this point, you've done really well. So thank you ever so much for um, your effort in, in watching it. What, what are the top 10 things you're going to do? Well, hopefully you've got 10. Um, but at least maybe the top three or four actions that you're going to uh, take as a result of it. 
Um, uh, a couple of things that you might want to do. One is if you would like to book a one-to-one with me where we can have a conversation about your marketing, what you're doing, what's working, what's not working, how it could be improved, uh, then we can do that at the end of it. I will do a little pitch. I'll say, look, if you want some more help, this is what I recommend based on the questions that I ask you during the meeting. Uh, there'll be no obligation to buy. There'll be no pressure to buy. Uh, there'll just be uh, me demonstrating my expertise, helping you with your business. I, I show it demonstrating I can help you by actually helping you. So that's what I try to do. A couple of other actions. You might want to follow my YouTube channel. You get loads more tips and ideas. Most of the videos of which there are, I think, close to 500 videos. Uh, Most of them will be information-based videos, tips and ideas, ways in which you can grow your business again. And... uh, Others will be, um, you know, again, you know, interviews and podcasts and so on and so forth. Which brings me on to the second thing I recommend you do, and that is to subscribe to my podcast. Uh, Again, uh, try and do these every day. I don't quite manage it. I must admit, like most people, I get busy and I get pulled in lots of different directions. But I probably do at least two or three uh, per week, sometimes a few more, sometimes a few less. Uh, But nonetheless, there's, uh, again, uh, I think this is number 199 uh, podcast. So the next one will be my 200th podcast, which is pretty cool. Bit of a landmark. But anyway, uh, thank you ever so much for listening. Don't forget, if you do want to book any of those things, you want to sign up to the podcast, uh, you want to book a meeting, go to steve-mills.com. Thank you very much and look forward to speaking to you on the results podcast next time. Thank you.